You have the choice every single day of how you're going to spend your day. You wake up and you're going to be like, I'm going to rule today. And then you go and you just do it. Like There's no questioning it. You get to do and be whatever you want and you decide that. Nobody else. If you tell me no, yeah, right. Watch me go do whatever I need to do. That's Monique Vizera, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Hey guys, I'm your host, Kara Duffy, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast, where I invite my favorite humans, the awesome, the up to something, and the extraordinary to come and share their story. These are people that inspire me and remind me that everything is possible. I hope that you will be left entertained, inspired, and moved to take action towards living your most powerful life. You guys are in for a treat today. Today's guest is one of my favorite ladies of skate, Monique Vizera. She's passionate about skateboarding and honoring the athletes and history and participants of the sport. She spent 15 years working in the skate and action sports industry, from a small shop in her hometown to one of the key accounts to the brands. And every day she gets to hang out with her friends and still fans out when she gets to spend time with one of the sports legends. She's on my list of favorites. She works her ass off, she's funny, and is super clear on what her priorities are so that she can live her best life. On this episode, she shares what it's like to be a lady in the skate world, why it's important to build your friend family, how you can hustle all week and live for cannonballs on the weekend, and how she balances being a babe and loving Budweiser and so much more. All that's coming up, but first, did you know that there is a way that you can show Powerful Ladies some real love? You can be a patron of the Powerful Ladies podcast. Go to patreon.com forward slash Powerful Ladies. There are over six choices for you to figure out how you would like to support us from $5 all the way up to unicorn support. Really, that's what it's called. You can be a Powerful Lady unicorn. Who doesn't want to be that? The great part is, By your contributions, you get more cool, free stuff and access to new and exclusive opportunities. Everything from hidden podcasts to free merch to free coaching. What? You can be a unicorn and get free coaching or win a trip to LA paid for by us. That sounds amazing. You want a hug, don't you? So go and support Powerful Ladies on Patreon today. Who's listening right now that is committed to living a healthier, more fit life. All of you, I thought so. I I could hear you all raise your hands as you're listening. Great news. Powerful Ladies has partnered with Primal Kitchen to give you 10% off whatever you order. All of their products tend to be gluten-free, process-free, they're healthy, they're delicious. They are the foundations, things like avocado mayo, avocado oil, salad dressings, all the things that are going to make your healthy lifestyle taste delicious. It's all in the details. Go to primalkitchen.com, use code POWERFULLADIES and get 10% off every order. You're welcome. Thank you so much for coming to the Powerful Ladies podcast. Thank you for having me. Let's start by, you can introduce yourself. Well, my name is Monique Rochelle Vizera. Ooh. And I am a powerful lady. You are. And how do you spend your time? Oh, goodness. Working and thinking a lot. Always thinking. Whether it be about work or what am I going to do after work or how else can I be hustling in this small downtime? What can I do to make more money? What can I do to 
you know, make a better, make this place a better, or make this world a better place. Yes. What can we do? You're always very considerate. When I first, so um, for everyone who's listening, I met Monique when we both worked at Super together, Super Footwear, the skate brand. And one of my first impressions of you was how considerate and compassionate you were for everyone else in the room. Like you're talking about like thinking about stuff and you definitely think for everyone else as well. Like you're very aware of what might be occurring in somebody else's world. Yeah. I try to, you know? Yeah. Try not to waste anyone's time. Let's, how can we be as effective and productive as possible? Yes, and you always are. And I loved having you on my team, which is why I invited you here. <laughs> so usually the first thing we ask people to talk about is just tell us about your life from about zero to 18 or 20. Where did you grow up? What did you spend your time doing? I grew up in Gilbert, Arizona. I'm the fifth generation to be born and raised in Arizona, my whole entire family, great-grandparents, everyone there. You were in Arizona before it was Arizona. I was. My whole damn family. Um, my first job was a skate shop, and I worked in a skate shop for 15 years. <laughs> um, I was running retail for Super Footwear, and they brought me in-house, and I became a PLM. And here I am today, three years later, still... Crunching numbers like a nerd. Well, that's one of the things I think that there's so many, like you and I have both worked in skateboarding for big chunks of our lives. And you, your whole career has been in the skateboarding world. And I don't think people realize how many women work in skateboarding, let alone how many women are professional skateboarders. So what got you into working at the skate shop? What got you excited about it? How did you get there and stay here this long? Oh my goodness. Um, all my friends in high school skateboarded. We grew up uh, skateboarding, and that's just a familiar place for me to be. We uh, shopped at this one skate shop down the street, like the hometown shop. Um, and when I was old enough, I just bugged them. And finally, they hired me. They brought me on, and um, I worked there for a little bit. And the second I turned 21, I was out of Arizona and straight to California. Um I interviewed with Active Ride Shop and you know the the guy interviewing me was like, "Hey, you know, when when do you plan on moving out to California?" And I just very blunt 21-year-old, "Well, am I hired because if I'm hired, I'll move in 2 weeks." And then that was that. <laughs> that was it was all uh, the the start of my mm -hmm. California life. Did you always want to come to California or was it based on that call that you just said yes to the opportunity? Um, I always wanted to be in California. I did. I knew. Um, I was just trying to figure out how, how to get out here. And, you know, I was 21 years old. I was kind of felt like I was maxed out on pay. It was a small skate shop. They couldn't afford to like, I couldn't make a career there. Yeah. Um, and California is where all the skate brands are. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was a no brainer for me. I spent the first two years in Orange County. Whoop. <laughs> And then I've been in LA for about 10 years. Yeah. When you were at the skate shop in Arizona, what did you like about being there and in that environment? Like, did you, what did, what did you like and what surprised, how did you surprise yourself about what you got out of that experience? For me, then it was just merchandising the shop. That's all I wanted to do. I would tear down a whole entire wall and just to build it back up. Um, it was straight into out of high school and into college um i didn't even want to be at class 
Mm-hmm. I wanted to be in the skate shop. And all day I'd be thinking about, you know, I got to write this order and I'm looking at what people are wearing and we should probably order more Vulcan for the shop because that's what everyone's wearing right now. Um, and that's all I thought about. I, like, didn't finish one class in college. I couldn't. I yeah. couldn't focus. And I was such a good student in high school and I crushed my parents' dreams by not going to college. But I couldn't. That's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to be in a skate shop. Was that a hard choice for you to make or did it just kind of come easily like I need to just stop going to school and be here 100%? <laughs> oh, my God. It, I, I just haven't. I just stopped going to class. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. Really strange to think about that I was just graduated with a 3.8 GPA. I think you needed 21 credits to graduate. I graduated with 28. Just super nerd. Real nerd. Got to college and I was like, ugh. You mean I can leave whenever I want? I'm out of here. Never went back. Yeah. Well, but I think like to me, you are one of the most organized, process driven, um, smartest people I've ever worked with because you really put yourself in the shoes of the athletes that we worked with, the customers that we're going after. You get what the store guys are thinking and the buyers. Like you understand the whole world. Like it's not, I've worked with some product managers, merchandisers, and to them, the whole world is the spreadsheet and the math, and that's it. But to you, like, it's a whole living, breathing thing. Like, you see it in color, in five dimensions. Like, you're always, like, I remember having to coach you to whatever you could do, don't worry about that thing. Like, you know, let's just say, for example, like a, a marketing event because it wasn't our responsibility. And you're like, I'm just going to come in on Saturday and do it. And I'm like, you're crazy. But you can't. Like, you can't help yourself from thinking about the whole picture. And when when classic stories of people who drop out of college or just decide not to go and where their path takes them, it is by no means as specific and diligent organized as you are. Like, you left going to school because you knew what you wanted to do instead. And it wasn't like hang out in in the pool and do cannonballs all day. It was be Ooh. at the skate shop. But you do love cannonballs. Yeah. <laughs> Although that is my second favorite thing to do. Yes. Um, yeah, I feel like if I wasn't going to be at school, which was a huge disappointment to my family, mm-hmm. to my parents, um, I couldn't be a complete fuck off. You know, I had to work. I had to hustle. Otherwise, I was going to get banned from the family. So, um, and that... Also took a little while because I think up until I started working for Supra, my mom was like, hmm, still in the skate shop, huh? How long are you going to run this? When are you going to get a real job? Um, Now they appreciate it. Now they understand. And I'm happy and I love this. Like, this is my life. Entirely work is my life. And I love it. It really is just like a lifestyle and that happens to be my job. Mm-hmm. How many? Sorry, you're gonna have to edit this one because I have to rewrite my sentence. In how my many head. push-ups can I do? Yes. How many push-ups can you do? <laughs> like three. I <laughs> know. <laughs> I was gonna ask. Um, you know, going through the skate industry, I always was aware that I was the only female in the room, but didn't really care because yeah. that's what it was also like very often outside of yeah. a work environment. But have have there been moments in your career where you've been really aware of like, oh, like I'm a girl in this moment right now or I have to be team mom or 
you know, the the classical female roles that you can take on in a group setting, let alone a work setting. Have you have had those moments happen for you? And what has that been like? I feel that growing up, like younger, working in skate shops, you know, you would go on these trips or we'd go to ASR and I just feel like, oh, I have to, we only get one hotel room to go out as buyers, you know, we we're kids and I have to share a room with all these stinky boys. Like, I mean, they're my friends and I grew up with them, but they're still stinky boys. Yeah. I'm a lady, but it wasn't in the budget for me to have my own hotel room. Um, even, you know, like voicing your opinion and being passionate about something, you're often looked at like, wow, you're being an emotional woman right now. No, I'm not. I'm speaking very factual. And this is how it needs to be, you know? Mm-hmm. These are facts, and this is how this is the most efficient way that it's it's going to work. And I don't know, you just kind of have to, others have to deal with that. Yeah. It's just how I, how I operate, but... And it's crazy to think about that example, right? Because today with the Me Too movement and what's happening and all the sexual accusations and assault cases, like no business in its right mind would ever allow like men and women to share a hotel room. But in the skate industry, especially in the past 20 years, like you said, you were just, you were part of the group. They weren't thinking about you as a girl. Like, you're like, oh no, that's just another person on the team. Yeah. What do you, you don't get your own room. You're not special. Like, yeah, get in there. <laughs> 100%. Yes. Um, and I think that just kind of like standing your ground and not getting really bullied or don't let anyone talk to you in any way that you don't like. Mm-hmm. I feel like anyone that knows me knows I'm pretty spicy, so don't even look at me and for sure don't touch me. Yeah. Well, and I've talked to um, Michelle Smith, our a friend and colleague from our Super Times. And she's also been in the skate industry a lot of her career, if not most of her career. And we were talking about how we've never, there's been very few instances in our career where we've ever had an issue to have to even say anything. Yeah. Because we were like family most of the time. And like you said, they were the stinky boys. Yeah. And we were like the bratty sisters in the room or something. Yeah. And it never even crossed my mind that there would be something that would happen. Yeah. And so for me, I feel really lucky that not like working in the skateboarding industry, there's just not a lot of that nonsense. No, there's not. And I feel like there's just this, it's like a level playing field that we're all in it to win it. And there's no like, I feel like I'm being held back because I'm a woman Mm -mm. ever, ever. It's always just been like, okay, Monique, if that's what you want to do, go do it. And then I go and get it. And what's next? You know? Well, I think too, because so many of the brands and the shops have come up through a phase where it was a hustle for everybody. Like you were just hoping people would help out and help out cheap because like you, you weren't getting big loans. Like investment groups weren't buying these companies back then. So it really was all hands on deck. And what I really respect about people who, male or female, who have come to th- that industry is doesn't matter what your title says, you are okay to unpack boxes, pack a shoe bag, carry it through 18 airports, do a presentation, have a conference call, pitch a collaborate. Like you're willing to do all of it. Yeah. And most people can, which I really admire because in a lot of other industries, it's not that way. 
because everyone's been so divided up and there's sure there's hierarchy, but most of the time, no, like people are polite, they help each other and it's whatever it takes, you do it. So I'm I'm proud of that. I'm proud to come from that. I'm proud that that's what that industry is. Yeah, it is. It's such a camaraderie because I feel like in maybe other industries, it's like, I do this, this is my job title and this is all I'm going to do. Where you don't really do that. It's like, oh, you look like you need help. Let me help you. Oh, you don't feel all right to present? I'll do it for you. Or, oh, you can't go and hand out water bottles at the skate park for kids? I'll do it. Yeah, like, I don't think twice about that stuff. It's just what needs to be done um, to make shit happen. It is. So going through that industry, who have been your mentors and what have you gotten from them and what's st- stuck with you? Um, for sure, getting hired at Active by Brent Fudagaki, who is now working marketing for Neff, I believe. Um, he was like my role model. He was so cool. Everyone loved him. He knew how to run a shop. Um, I mean, I was just a kid, and I just knew that he was just such a legend in the community, whether it was skateboarding or surfing or snowboarding. He was just good at everything, and he was such a good leader. Mm -hmm. You know, never a hothead, never played favorites with the the employees, never. He just led and led by example, and um, I always wanted to be just like him, you know, just a cool guy get shit done, make sure everyone was happy, as long as your employees are happy, you know. Mm-hmm. I like that. Well, and you really enjoyed your time when you were managing the super stores where you had a team, you got to do the visual merchandising, you got to do the buying, like you got to really create what was going on in those bubbles. What has it been like for you managing people? Uh, I mean, I feel like I did that for so long that um, when they, I got pulled in-house for Super, I was like, wow, I just ended the longest babysitting gig of my life. That was 15 years <laughs> <laughs> of being a man, of managing other humans and not even adults, but like sometimes kids' first job where they're like, I'm going to not come to work today and smoke weed instead. <laughs> I'm sick. Like, you know, and then you got to work those shifts. Um, I liked managing. Yeah. Despite not despite feeling like it was a babysitting <laughs> job sometimes. Yeah, because I feel like those are such, um, you know, these are kids coming out of high school and this is your chance to show them that you can be cool and not be a hunk of crap. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be cool and work hard and be a good person and make that look cool. You know, um, when I first started at Active, um, They promoted me to a manager after like two months of being an associate. I was like, this is my chance to contribute to the world. So I had, you know, kids in high school that weren't allowed to get hours unless their grades were up. And they had to show me their grades every quarter. And as long as their grades were up, they got hours. Um, I don't know if I was allowed to do that, but that's how I ran my shop. You know, you weren't allowed to mess around at school. School came first. You have to be just a good student and studious do what you got to do and then I know you know like I did growing up how I didn't want to go to school I just wanted to be at work all day and hang out at the shop um I had to find that that balance for my employees yeah did you always feel compassion towards helping other people and making the world a better place or is that something you discovered along the way um I've always been like this yeah I really have uh what was eight-year-old Monique like oh my gosh such a little 
cutie pie. I don't know what happened, <laughs> to be honest. I was just so like shy and timid and nice and not so much of a loudmouth, spicy brat. Well, I would never <laughs> describe you as that at all. Um, yeah, always just helpful around the house. Um, growing up, it was me and my mother and my brother, and I had to help look out for him. And my mom worked long hours, so uh, our allowance was living there, you know. And we had to uh, do chores and just anything I could. I knew my mom was young, and she had two kids, and that's crazy to think about. She was twenty three with two kids, um, but anything I could, I could do to to help and make sure my little brother was all right. And I would ask. I also love about you is how close you are with your family. Like I haven't met them and I know all these amazing things about them. <laughs> um, so what do you want to tell people about your family? Oh my gosh, they're the best. It's just a perfect balance of, you know, growing up, my mother was my arch nemesis. She was rude. And let me take, I take rude back. She was out to ruin my life. You know, I was always grounded. I spent, I was grounded up until like, 18 years old. I wasn't allowed to do anything. I wasn't allowed to hang out with friends. My cousins were my friends. Oh, you want to go have a sleepover with your friends? Cool. She'd call my cousin and be like, she's on her way. And that was it. (laughs) (laughs) It was wild. Just so strict. Um, But now, you know, my brother and I are adults and we're all friends and we go on family vacations and it's so rad. It was a perfect balance growing up of her being you know, a mother and not a friend. And now she's, she can lay off the, the strict mom stuff and be, be my best friend. And sometimes she still is trying to set you up with somebody back home and have it buy a house down the street. Oh my God. Like, is that, she are those questions? <laughs> nothing more than for me to just, you know, find the one and get married because she wants grandbabies. I'm like, sorry, mom, I got shit to do. <laughs> I would love to fulfill your dream, but I'm real busy doing my thing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, you know, my brother has a girlfriend now, so now I can just pawn that pressure off on him. I'll talk to him about kids. I don't know. It's not <laughs> my time yet. <laughs> when you moved to L.A., how quickly did you start to ha- find the family that you have out here, your friend family? Oh, man. I talk about this often. Um, so I moved out here to work for Active, and no joke, every single person I'm friends with today is probably through Active Ride Shop, or, well, no, that's it. Just skateboarding in general. Everyone. Um, L.A. is a big place. Mm-hmm. And um, it's tough out here. It really is. Uh, but you kind of, you know, you meet people and you know immediately if they're going to be your people or not. You know, you can kind of, nice meeting you. I'll never see you again. Um, or you meet somebody and you're like, damn, that's my person. Yeah. That's on my team. For sure, I'm going to keep that one. Yeah. Um, I have such a solid family out here. And when my parents come out, they get to meet the people that I spend the most time with. And when I, you know, we'll do a road trip back home to Arizona, it's kind of like, okay, I'm going, I'm going home. Who's coming with? And we just load up the truck and go um, out and spend the weekend at my, at my parents' house. So it's, I know at first uh, my parents were worried about, what is she doing in LA all by herself? Her whole entire family's in Arizona. But, you know, I've been here for 10 years now, so they know that uh, that I'm all right and I'm taken care of. If I need anything, I got homies everywhere. Um, it's good. My people are good. You yeah. do have great people. Like, I love seeing how 
loyal you guys are to each other and how much you celebrate each other. Like the number of social media like tag backs and compliments and hell yeahs that exist in your world <laughs> are amazing. Um, and I think it speaks to the fact that you have found this balance of being very focused and serious in some parts of your life. And also, I always know you're having fun and like you have fun well. I mean, your license plate as an example. <laughs> Do you want to tell everyone what your license plate is? My license plate reads The Freaking Weekend. Yes. That's and real. And why did you choose that license plate? Because, you know, we work all week. So when it's a Friday, it's a freaking weekend. <laughs> that needs to be celebrated. <laughs> mm -hmm. You also have a big friend family of people who are super creative. People who have their own brands, their own shops, their, their own entrepreneurs. What has impressed you about seeing them on those journeys, uh, like their own path? And what surprises you about what that world looks like when you're not working for a bigger entity. Holy smokes. I'm constantly amazed by my friends. They make cool shit. They do cool shit. It's, you know, whether they're in bands and they travel the world and do cool things or um, my homegirls back home in Arizona that run Solstice Intimates where they make cute bras and panties and it's everything's done by hand in shop. It's incredible. It's mm -hmm. incredible. Um to just, you know, blogs and printing t-shirts and just do, having these creative outlets. Um, honestly, all my friends do cool shit. It's very inspiring. All your friends are babes. Hell yeah, they are. Mm -hmm. What? So we, we before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about you and how you worry. So oh, yeah. how would you describe that? Is it is it anxiety? Is it worry? Is it stress? Is it overthinking? And how does it affect your life and what you choose to do? Um, I don't want to say that it's so much anxiety. It's just an unnecessary nervousness. Like I, I get shy. And when I have, <laughs> I'm like sweating right now <laughs> thinking about this. <laughs> um, I just don't like the attention. I don't, I like to just like hide back in the, in the corner and observe. Um, so when I'm mic'd up or it's my turn to speak, I get. <laughs> but for, knowing you, you definitely have those moments when you're like, I'll hang back. And then there's the moments when you're like, <laughs> uh, uh, and you're the first person to speak up and say no. And especially when it's something that you're committed to at work or, you know, is the wrong way or it's not honoring the project or the athlete or, you know, why we're doing the project. It's really, I think it's really insightful for when you choose to speak up and when you choose to hang back. Like, I never worry about you ever being inappropriate or, or any of that stuff because you're such a good listener, but you choose when to speak up when you're like, no, it has to be now. And I think there's a, there's a balance that a lot of people wish that they had. So you should feel good about that. Well, thank you. I feel like, you know, there's a time and a place and you can't, you can't always be speaking up or you're just that annoying guy in the meeting, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you got to pick and choose your battles. Um, for me, it's whenever I feel the integrity of our brand or team writers or the project is in jeopardy is when I'll speak up. You you know, you guys can run your business however you like, but, you know, when it's time for me to speak up, I will. And it's always just my opinion. You take it or leave it, but 
if I feel strong enough about something, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak up and it's up to, you know, the executive team to move from there. If you could give advice to 20-year-old Monique, what would you give advice on? What would you tell her to, like, avoid that roadblock if you can? Or, like, what would you tell her if you went back in time? Oh, gosh. Um, probably drink more water, for sure. My early 20s are just a mess of Jack Daniels. And... Uh, Honestly, I, I think that everything kind of worked out how it was supposed to be. Um, I think it's my life right now is, or I am a good balance of, you know, being tough and strong, but also being soft, um, not being a cold, lonely bee. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, probably just drink more water, exercise, be good to your body. You only got one. What are you focusing on now? Like what's next for Monique's big life? Uh, how to take over the world. Um, really, though, the master plan. Um, just making sure that I'm good every day. It's just make, honestly, is just making sure that my cup is full and I don't ex exert myself too much because then I'm not happy and the help you're receiving from me is half-assed and you're not going to be happy and that does no good to the world. If I'm not 110% when I wake up, I'll just kind of lay low and do my thing. Um, but yeah, every day, I just make sure that numero uno, I am good first. Uh, exercise about an hour a day, got to sweat for a bit. Um, what type of exercise do you usually do? Ooh, this morning I did booty boot camp, ooh. which was like an hour of jump squats. Jeez Louise. <laughs> um, but usually during the week, it's just an hour of boxing. And if I have it in me, I'll do cardio and it's not so much um to keep my physical appearance up i don't give a shit to be honest it's mostly for my brain um i spent a long time with anxiety and not really knowing how to manage it so i was just kind of like an anxious mess all the time just kind of sick to my stomach just kind of held everything in um and then i realized that i could just exercise first thing in the morning and I feel like a million bucks and I don't give a shit about anything now I just do my thing mm -hmm. and you've done quite a bit of boxing too right yes yes it's a lot of fun for me it looks like stuff fun. Uh -huh. <laughs> what are the biggest things that you're taking on for 2019 whether it's at work or personal fun more weekends mm, I think for me is more um how can I fine tune my skills? And even last night, I was just toying with the idea of maybe going to school. Don't tell my mom, though. I don't want her to hold me to this. Um, <laughs> uh, I feel like when I'm not at work, I'm kind of scatterbrained about what I want to do. So to organize my creative outlets and kind of focus on one. Um, what are your creative outlets outside of work? Oh, gosh. I'm just forever looking at this is such ner like nerd PLM talk, but how other brands are showing up in retail. Like I cannot, I have no, I'm forever shopping, just going out and looking at window displays. What are people wearing? Um, how are things merged inside of a store? Uh, 
trend forecasting. It's it's never ending work for me, but I like it. It doesn't feel it's like fun. work. It is fun. No, like I I miss having more of that in my life where and for anyone who doesn't know a, a PLM is a product line manager or a product line merchandiser, which every any product you've ever seen has one. Like I have an f- amazing story that a friend told me of going to a dinner party in New Year's Eve in Sweden. And he got sat next to a PLM and he's like, oh, for what company? And she said an electronics one like Philips. And he's like, oh, what kind of, like what product category? She's like, small electronics. And he's like, what? She was a vibrator PLM. What? So you can, every product that exists has a designer, <laughs> a developer, engineer, yeah. and a PLM. I guess you don't really think about that, huh? Well, no. And then we went on an entire path of like, <laughs> What does their sales mean look like? Who are their fit models? What like you know fit models? Right? Zoics. Exactly. So that running joke went on for it's still going on, obviously. Like it's it's still yeah. there. So um a PLM is the one responsible for the strategy of the product, the pricing, what it looks like, the competitors, how it should go to store like into the market. I selfishly, having done it for so many years, think it's one of the most important roles that there are because you become the hub of everything that's kind of happening. And there's tons of grunt work involved in it too, but so much. The fun parts are that you get to travel the world usually and do a lot of what looks like shopping, but it's actually not shopping because you're looking at 20 different metrics, whether on paper or in your head, of like, why is it in the store here? Why is it hung this way? Why these colors? Why this price? Like, it's the same way people who work in restaurants can never go into a restaurant again. Like people like you and I can never go into a store online or like in like brick and mortar yeah, and look at things the same way. No, never. I can't even look at what people have on their body the same way. No. So, but it's fun. Like I miss the shopping part. I miss looking, like spending the day diving into a customer profile and really getting to know that customer. Yeah. What what have been working in the industry? What have been some of your favorite memories? Oh man, I'll tell you what. Last summer was such a fucking ultimate summer. Like some, it was one of those like dream job situations. Where it was like, wow, this is really what I'm doing. I spent a week in Italy eating pasta. I mean, I was doing work, but you know, like, yeah. how many people get to do that? Maybe a lot, but skateboarding's tight. Yes. No, and and as my favorite thing about managing people is that getting to create scenarios where they get to do things they never thought that they could do, whether it's career-based or life-based. I was talking to, um, we had a friend over for dinner last night, and we're talking about his career path and what he's doing and where he wants to go. And I was like, don't worry about the work so much or the industry. Just what do you want your life to be? Yeah. Like ages ago, I was like, I want to live abroad. I want to travel the world. I want to make stuff and have fun. Oh, guess what? People will pay you to do that. Do yeah. you know that? <laughs> it's great. Yeah. It's so incredible. I never in a million years like would thought that this is what I would be doing. I get to hang out with my friends every single day at work. Mm-hmm. That's rad. Sometimes... They're like, hey, Monique, we need you to go to Tokyo for an inspo trip. Go look at things. I'm like, oh, shoot. All right. (laughs) Just joking. I'm fucking hyped. Like, this is what I get to do. This is my job. And in this industry, meet your heroes and get to work with them. Big time. It's insane to me still. 
Who are the people that still cause you to have to fan out? Even just working uh, for Supra now, we have, you know, they'll call Jim Greco in for a meeting. I'm like, wow, you're my favorite skateboarder growing up as a kid. Or just having a regular conversation with Chad Muska. Are you joking me? Mm-hmm. But this is my life. It's normal. Hanging out with my heroes. And for anyone who's not hanging out with their heroes right now, <laughs> it is possible to find that path for yourself. <laughs> Like I've even known people who have been accountants, which I would say is like the opposite end of the product creation world, who have gotten to travel the world and meet their heroes because they were really strategic about what type of brands they worked for. Like I'm going to go be an accountant for Disney or for Nike. And suddenly you're like in the same mix. Yeah. Um, so it's all possible. When you look at the things that allow you to stay hyped on life and excited and inspired, where do you go to keep the energy up? Honestly, this this city's pretty damn good to me. I love Los Angeles. Um, I really do. I have my like little secret spots where sometimes you get overwhelmed with work or sometimes you wake up with the blues, you know, and I got this this good spot that I go to where you can oversee the city and all of the palm trees and life is good. You know, and sometimes if I need a recharge, I'll just jam out to Arizona, hang out at my mom's all weekend and sit by the pool and joke with her and drink coconut margaritas. You know, mom and daughter stuff. Yeah, regular. <laughs> Are there um, sources you go to that other people could have access to, like podcasts or books you're reading or, I don't know, TED Talk? What do you do? Where do you get your your knowledge when it's not from the city and your mother? <laughs> All my knowledge comes from my mother. Um, honestly, I this is shitty. I don't listen to podcasts. I should. Well, you're going to start listening to this one. I 100%. Hope. Um, <laughs> and I'm a spaz. I can't sit down and read a book. I'll read a chapter and be like, I have no idea what I just read. I just, I'm, my brain moves way too fast for me to sit and read, although it's something I've been working on. I have like five unfinished books on my bedstand right now. Like, um, How many of them are ones that I recommended or gave you? Three of them. Yeah, I'm a book, I'm a book pusher. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's because of you that I'm even attempting to read these days. <laughs> I just can't imagine life without reading. Like now I do Audible as well. And so I'm increasing my consumption of books because of it. But it took, it was a long time for me to switch from reading a, a tangible book to listening and it takes like specific books for me to really get into it yeah just listening i'll try i can't i don't know what it is i honestly will get so frustrated i'll sit there read a chapter and i have my list of things to do for tomorrow in my head and i can't tell you anything i just read yeah because you know the 25 things you have to do in alphabetical <laughs> order yeah yeah 100 <laughs> percent. yes when, so what are other things that you love? I love being outside. Mm -hmm. I prefer to be outside most of the time. Um, I love road trips. Sometimes I just get in my car and go. That was one of the stipulations of buying my vehicle. I needed something that I could sleep in just in case because I'm known to just pick up and, and go and listen to music and rap real ugly songs in the car with the windows down. Just be myself. Why not? <laughs> And you also have a favorite American beverage? Oh, my gosh. I don't always drink, but when I do, it's Budweiser. 
It's so damn good. Did did you fall into love with Budweiser because you it was like one of the first things you drank, or one day you were like, "Holy shit, this is actually a tasty thing to drink." Um, I don't know when my love for probably when I just stopped drinking cheap shitty beer. I mean, not that Budweiser is much better, but um, you know, there's nothing better than in the summertime just a cold, cold Budweiser. Do you like the crack? Like when you open the can? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 100%. Um, although I do prefer um, to drink Budweiser out of bottles. Don't give me no draft. Mm-mm-mm-mm. No. Bottles, cans if we're sitting by the pool. They go fast, though. Yep. Bottles are cans. Just clap your hands. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> you and Donald Cerrone, the MMA fighter, are the only two people I know who love and preach their love for Budweiser. <laughs> so... I'm going to figure a way for you guys to meet each other at some point. I'm sure there's like one degree of separation, but it's amazing. It's just so good. Crispy, clean. I look forward to people listening, (laughs) commenting so we can find the other Budweiser diehards and you guys can start your own like LA club or global community. Yeah. But it's not like a drinking contest. I'm not really No, no, no. You know, just a, a beer or two. I'm good. It's a classy beverage. I'm a classy lady. You are. You're a powerful lady. <laughs> I sure am. Did you have a question, Jordan? Oh, I was going to say that this episode is sponsored by Budweiser. <laughs> <laughs> no, I prefer beer way more than any like classy drink. Margaritas are pretty solid. Yeah. But I'm a Blue Moon fan. Like, mm-hmm. I'm solid on that but bud is also pretty good yeah. with with yeah. the orange or without the orange slice mm, i'm either or but lately i've been creeping into uh angry orchard i'm a hard cider fan okay yeah yeah i like it i can only drink so many before i feel like i used to drink mike's hard lemonade in college <laughs> i know i know no. i know no. and we can go back in time and talk to Probably underage drinking Kara and be like, dude, what are you doing? Quit that. Right. It wasn't the only thing we were drinking, but it was a common go to. Yeah. But you would get that feeling in your stomach if you drank the whole six pack by yourself of like, (laughs) oh, I'm rotting from the inside out. (laughs) And the level of sugar in the cider sometimes give me that same feeling. And I'm like, just one. And then a bunch of water. Right. I'd rather make my own, um, you know, apple cider with fireball mix or something so it's a little less oh that's good too i love fireball okay so we've gone on a tangent at alcohol (laughs) so i apologize um so we have lots of different people who listen to this podcast and um the main reason they listen is to hear from amazing inspiring people like yourself they also want to hear like what do we do to live our best lives like what advice would you give to people to a figure out what gets them hyped how to go off and do it, like what's their purpose, like how can you just, you know, have the life you want versus the life that is in front of you sometimes? Honestly, we I was just talking um, about this with my friend in the car not too long ago. You choose every damn day. Like I know that sounds cheesy as hell, but my life stoke levels are always through the roof because I decide they are. Every day I'm like, I'm really fucking feeling today. And then that runs throughout the day. Yeah, I interact with sometimes not so pleasant people, but it's my choice to let them affect my day or not. 
it's my choice to be happy or miserable. You know, you create your own misery. Um, and I choose not, I choose not to like, why we're only here this one time. Maybe, um, I'm just going to try to make it as good as possible. And it's pretty damn good. I think I'm doing all right. You're doing great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so while you're doing great, what are the hurdles that you've had to overcome to get yourself to this place today where you choose your mindset and when you look at your life, you're like, my life is great? Um, well, I wasn't always like this. You know, that, like I said, growing up I was kind of timid. Um, I struggled with anxiety. I was in a not that healthy of a relationship where I was just kind of kept everything in our four walls and it was tough and it it wasn't it wasn't a relationship that I know my parents would approve of like they raised me better than this mm-hmm. and here I was just taking it not physical abuse but just mental and not feeling loved and respected how I should be and one day I was just like you know what Mm-mm, this isn't working out you got to go and it was heartbreaking and it hurt and it sucked but I chose myself for the first time in a long time and every day I choose myself now and it's you know it's good how how has that impacted you know, it's a, it's a big deal to choose yourself. And a lot of people don't even know what that looks like or how to make that choice. And I would say sometimes it's as simple as hearing like the eight-year-old version of you being like, what are you doing? Yeah. Or your intuition, like when you stop and get a quiet moment, you realize that you have this entire universe of your thoughts behind you and other people who are like "Mm -mm." like you said you kept it in the four walls yeah if your family knew or your close friends knew like really how you felt or were feeling about yourself or them they would have been like no like we're gonna take you out if you're not coming out yeah 100 percent it was just it got to the point where i was like i'm not even myself like who who am i you know it just i wasn't myself and i didn't like that and i wasn't having it anymore like that was the last of that monique Never again will she be like that, and I haven't. I can't. I couldn't imagine it. <laughs> no, like it's I'm, strange, and it's it's so crazy to think that there was ever a time where I didn't choose myself. You know, um, I would just overextend myself. I would say yes to everything, knowing that I would just be anxious in whatever situation I agreed to. Um, and now I know that you can say no, and it's okay. You know, people aren't going to hate you because you kindly declined dinner. You know, your friends aren't going to hate you because you don't feel like going out on a Wednesday night. Now my friends know, don't even invite me anywhere. Sunday night to Friday night, I'm on a strict schedule. I go to bed at 9 (laughs) o'clock. I wake up early. Um, I work out every day, and my only available time is a Saturday afternoon. And that's why you make the weekends count. Yep. 100%. I choose me every damn day. Would you say that you are constantly living in both worlds of work and not work? Or do you think that you are really focused in each area, like present there in that moment? Um, I'm never not thinking about work. (laughs) Um, You know, I'm always looking at what people are wearing. What are they doing? What is, you know, how are they 
speaking, what shoes they're wearing. You know, it's just, it's never ending of, look at the colors over here. That's so inspiring. Taking notes on my phone, you know, and just, it doesn't end, but it doesn't feel like work to me. Because you work in an environment where you are part of the group making the products, the apparel and the footwear, when you consider dating someone, how much are you judging them on what they're wearing? Oh, my God. Well, I haven't had a boyfriend in three years. <laughs> and this is why. <laughs> no, really. Um, I mean. Uh, if you were set up on a blind date <laughs> oh and he God. was wearing That's a suit nightmare. when he showed up, would you stay and be polite and maybe talk to him? Or would you be like, mm-mm? Oh, always polite. Yeah. I would stay for sure. Um, if he wasn't funny, I would jam out for sure. Like, you can wear whatever and we can work on that. But, like, if you're not funny, get out. Get out. I can't imagine not. I don't know. Almost everyone. <laughs> That's what life like, is for. Yeah. Like, if you're just like, Meh. I'm not for you, man. Sorry. So besides funny, what else are you looking for in the event? He's listening. <laughs> um, just respect, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, just having that love and respect um, reciprocated. I know I'm a simple lady. Just be funny. Be cool. It's 2019. You can literally be anything you want to be. Don't be an asshole. Yeah. That's it. You can do anything. You can tell me you're an elephant trainer. That's somebody's job. That would be, I mean, I'd be impressed <laughs> if you're like, call me up and like, dude, I'm dating this guy as an elephant trainer. I'd be like, I want to meet him mm-hmm. and the elephants. When can we make this happen? Yeah. Uh, literally, you can be anything. Just don't be an asshole. Just be cool. Mm-hmm. Just be honest. Yeah. Just be funny. <laughs> please, please be funny. Great news. You're in, you're in a safe space in this environment that we're in. Mm-hmm. There have been many comedians at the same table. <laughs> so maybe like, rub it for good luck, make a wish. So when you and your family friends that are here, your your crew, do you guys plan and plot like how you're going to take over the world like year by year? Do you just like come together and think like we want to go here? and Because you do a lot of traveling with people. And besides all your work travel, like I think you've posted 20 million pictures of Mexico that make me want to go to Mexico every day. And I keep thinking you're in Mexico and I'm like, oh, throwback. Yeah. Daydreaming so hard. Yeah. So do you, do you plan all that stuff out? Does it come now, like randomly as you guys are going through the day? Like how organized versus spontaneous are uh, you? Probably half and half. I mean, you know, I daydream a lot. I'm like, where could I be right now? Oh yeah. Spreadsheets. And then, um, you know, you just plan vacations, but I get real antsy on the weekend. I feel like I need to do things. Take advantage of it. Yeah. So, you know, I usually just jump in the car. I'm like, who's available? Who wants to go to Palm Springs right now? Let's get the hell out of here. Let's go drink pina coladas at Morongo Casino. And we go. Done. Yeah. So one of the things that we ask all of our guests is on the powerful lady scale of zero to ten, zero being regular human, ten being powerful lady, Wonder Woman status. Where would you put yourself on average, and where would you put yourself today? Um, average, I feel like uh, probably like a six or a seven, just kind of day to day business. Um, I'm feeling real good today, though. 
I'm really feeling it. The sun's out. Finally, it's been raining. Got some shit done. Went to booty boot camp this morning. Did my trillion squats. Had a coffee. My palms are sweaty. Um, feeling good. About a nine. Nine today. Excellent. Mm-hmm. If you could tell people like the quick Monique guide to seeing cool shit in LA, what would be on your list? Oh, shoot. Cool shit. People watching. Um, God. <laughs> <laughs> cool shit like people or, I mean, I work downtown, so I often work walk around down there, um, head up the sneaker shops. Um, there's always cool people looking, people watching down there. Um, this Today I had lunch in Silver Lake, cruised around. My friend has a vintage store down there, so we, we stopped and uh, looked at some denim. Can we give them a shout-out? What's the store called? The Foxhole on Sunset. All my denim's from there. I often, I don't know why, I always rip my jeans right underneath my the back pocket. Mm-hmm. Butt blowout. They repair my jeans every damn time. I need to go. Like, can you? This is my favorite pair. Look what I got going Let's on. Let's take them in. Yeah. I literally will walk in and be like, Fox, I ripped them again. And she's like, God damn it, what's your problem? Then she fixes them. Is it, where, is it a pocket you put your phone in? No. No? I don't really put my phone in my pocket. I, I don't know. It's always like, right? Is it the same side? Fat buns. Well, like P-H-A-T though. Oh, yeah, 100%. So, Jesse, I asked for new, um, like, leggings for working out and for Christmas, Mm -hmm. and he got me a pair. And we went to go run last this past week, and I'm like, cool, I'll wear my new leggings, because they're kind of like a spring thickness. They were, it's been way too cold to wear them. I put them on, and I go to pull them up. Like, they're already on, but, like, you're adjusting them, right, and pull them up. They're, like, an inch shorter than I usually like my waistband to be. But it was okay. I pull it up, and I rip half the waistband off. Rude. And it was one of those moments, it's like when you break a chair when you sit on it, <laughs> you're like, I know that that has nothing to do with me, but it for a moment, it feels like it has to do with me. Oh, yeah. That's a freaking ego crusher for sure. You're right. like, God damn it. Right. And that's that's what happened when I, and I was like, oh, okay. Nope. It's not about me. Someone just pour workmanship on yeah. this waistband. But it was a moment where I was like, okay, I definitely need to go running now. Thanks, pants, for mm-hmm. giving me the kick in the ass. Yeah, for sure. Sorry, we're we talking about pants and blowouts. It's hard. Because yeah. you find a favorite pair of jeans. Like the, the ones I'm wearing, I've had to repair for a month now. Oopsies. And I'm like, can I sacrifice giving them up for, I mean, it's going to take, what, three days to fix? And I'm like, <gasps> Usually I'm just terrible at this i'll drop off a pair and then i get antsy because it's like my favorite pair so then i'll buy a pair when i'm there and she's like just chill you don't need to buy another pair i'll get this done in a couple days i'm like yeah need more plus i got the best of them obviously working in the skate world there is a different aesthetic than working in other industries (laughs) and i really appreciate that as a female like you can wear whatever you want and it's okay. Like there's no rules about what you wear. Um, but when you look at your personal routine, like are there things that you're like, I have to do this? Like this is where I put my girl points on the board. 
Because like for me, a big thing has always been like, it's so easy to slide into the sneakers and jeans and sweatshirts. And suddenly I look like I'm a 12 year old boy. Yep. So like, what do you do to like, make sure you show up every day is like, no, I feel like me. I'm feeling hot. I'm feeling ready. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Um, I am in a sweatshirt and jeans and sneakers. And I do, I, I am that 16 year old little skate nerd. Every day to work. Because I'm there to work. I don't want anyone looking at me. I don't need no. to be cute there. Don't. Yeah. No. Um, so I, I'm i sure when like the head honchos come in and they're like, oh, look at this cool guy. Oh, wait. That's a woman. Um, I thought it was a little dude. Uh, but I think that outside of my work is, is when I really get to. I love wearing dresses and cute shoes and pretty girly outside of work. Which blew my mind when we first became <laughs> social media friends and I saw you like, po- I'm like, wait a second, she wearing a dress? Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen you not wear like your yeah. work uniform. Yeah. Which is jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Sorry. Well, I can compare to that because being an engineer, I just wear like t-shirts, jeans and like sneakers. But I, when I was looking for an apartment in LA, I had a coworker who's a producer at Earwolf help me. And he was like, oh, why are you all dressed up? Because I was wearing a dress. I was like, <laughs> I'm not at work. <laughs> yeah. I can't wear a dress yeah. to record people. Well, you could. I could, but I would not. Like, It's kind of in the manual. Do, like, wear something that you can easily move in. Like, I have to crawl under tables sometimes. Oh, yeah. You can so, wear a dress no. like that. Have your buns out in no time. <laughs> exactly. Get sketchy real fast. Mm-hmm. When you look at the women's movement that has swept across the, the world at this point, is it something that you relate to that you are happy is happening? Like, what is your opinion of, of what's going on? Yes, I'm happy it's happening 100%. But I've never felt that I can't do something. I think that's case by case. Um, I'm very fortunate that my mother raised me the way that she did, that I've never once in my life have felt less than. Um, so thank you for that, Mom. Uh, but I think that it's 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 a good thing and we need it. And that's it. That's all I got for that. Who are the women? That's very case by case for me. I've done, I just, yeah. I don't feel it. So I can literally do anything I want. Yeah. And I've always felt that way. I have too. And I think it's caught me off guard how many women didn't think that they could or yeah. had situations where they were told they couldn't. And that part has surprised me. It's it's part of the reason why I've started Powerful Ladies because it I get caught off guard how many women say I can't or how many women say I'm not a powerful lady. And I'm like, what? That's insane. Yeah. Like, I was telling Jordan before you got here, I got an an email back from a mentor of mine that I've known since I was just out of high school and asked her to be a part of this. And she's like, I'm not a powerful lady, especially right now. And I was like, what? Like, no. Crushing. Right. So now I have to call her and we have to talk about that because that's not okay in my world. Yeah. But it just, I don't. My hope for powerful ladies is that more women realize that they can have whatever life they want if they don't know that already. And if you are stopped somewhere that you can, there's literally a button on our website, like ask a powerful lady. It's like our dear Abby, like 
You can ask anything you want and yeah. we will address it on the podcast or in a, in a post because there's, I, there's nothing that should stop you from having the type of life that you want. So, I, so from a similar perspective of I'm really glad it's happening and I'm shocked at how, um, how many women um, didn't have a voice before and I'm so glad that they're feeling like they have it now. Yes. And I also really like the camaraderie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when, that I like. Yeah, like when they did the Women's March this year, I did a post because even as someone who feels powerful, there are days when you do not feel powerful. Yeah. There are days when you feel like you are totally on your own, by yourself. It's super lonely, and you're like, what am I doing? For sure, what am I doing? Yeah, like like I'm a – it's – there have been moments as an adult female where I've been like, I think I'm just going to go home and let mom take care of me right now. Yeah. And I don't think that's bad. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. my mom's not as close as yours, <laughs> so I'm like, I guess I'll just call her. <laughs> um, but I, I think that we don't – you know, people who are – declare themselves as powerful also still need their friends and their family and mm. the support because it's not you're not at a 10 every day nope it's a roller coaster and we're lucky if we get above a five yep but you do it anyway we sure do who are women that have inspired you um well for sure my mother always um She's just such a hard worker and she's never compromised her integrity to just get shit done. You know, she's like I said, she was 23 years old, had two kids, worked from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. every single day. Um, we only had like Sundays with her and she just made it happen. I didn't know we were poor growing up. You know, I thought everyone ate hot dogs for breakfast, lunch and dinner. You know, she just made it like normal and fun and she was I'm sure she had hard days because how could you not at especially at that age uh but we never saw it you know she was always just tough and fun and she just made it happen and still to this day you know she every week she flies to a new city on on Monday flies home on Thursday and that's her job like she just travels and she doesn't have to but she does it because she knows her company needs her and she can do it the best. So she does it. And she is incredible. God, I could cry about my mother. She's so incredible. When uh, you took one of the financial courses that I um, teach, and I'll never forget you talking about how proud you were of your parents for like being on top of their budget and their finances. And being regular working people and knowing how to live within their means. How has that impacted how you think about your finances and how has the course now impacted it for you? Oh my gosh. I would drive my parents crazy because I'm so like, well, I can't take it with me. So I just like spend my money on everything and just have the best time. And they're like, okay, well, you've really got to stop doing that because I'm like, what? I have zero obligations. Like, for why I'm having so much fun. <laughs> I'm just like, God damn it. Um, but now I see that, you know, kind of grow up a little bit, kind of put some stuff aside. What if I want to, you know, go to Portugal this week? Mm -hmm. You know, I got, I got to be ready for anything. Um, but the, the financial class that we took, um, 
really put in perspective how you're supposed to assign your money. I practice that now. Yeah. And now I can go to Portugal next week if I want. Yes, you're one of my best students. Thank you. <laughs> so as we wrap up, what else would you like people to know about you, what you're up to, or a message that you have for them? Ooh. I think a, a message is just you you have the choice every single day of how you're going to spend your day. You wake up and you're going to be like, I'm going to rule today. And then you go and you just do it. Like There's no questioning it. You know, you get to do and be whatever you want and you decide that. Nobody else. If you tell me no, yeah, right. Watch me. Watch me. Go do whatever I need to do. Like, it's your choice. Everyone has it in you. You know? Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the Power Blades podcast. You've been great. Thank you. So nice to see your face. Yes. And I'm excited that we get to hang out tonight, too. So. Hell yeah. It's Budweiser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. One of the reasons I love Monique is how easily we just go down silly rabbit holes of conversations that you all got to experience on this episode. From nerding out about work to acting like children, nothing's off limits with her. I find it super inspiring how Monique's figured it out. She's clear on what she loves, on how she's going to spend her time and what's important to her. She's sassy and shy and bold and quiet. She's loyal to her friends and family and committed to herself and her happiness. I'm left thinking about where in my life am I dealing with bullshit I don't need to and where I can purge some nonsense in my space, my head, and everywhere else so that I can be a bit closer to living the life that I'm creating. Thank you, Monique, for inspiring me today. To Cannonballs, to hanging out with mom, to loving your job and living the freaking weekend, we could all be more like Monique. If you love Monique like I do, you can support and connect with her by following her on Instagram at Moniv, M-O-N-I-V-E-E, where you can see that she does wear dresses like we found out. And you can email her at mvizera at gmail.com. All of that is available in the show notes. If you'd like to support the work that we're doing here at Powerful Ladies, there's a couple of ways you can do that. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Leave a review on any of these platforms. Share the show with all the powerful ladies and gentlemen in your life. Join our Patreon account. Check out the website, thepowerfulladies.com to hear more inspiring stories, get practical tools to be your most powerful, get 15% off your first order in the Powerful Ladies shop, or donate to the Powerful Ladies One Day of Giving campaign. And of course, follow us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. For show notes and to get the links to the books, podcasts, and people we talk about, go to thepowerfulladies.com. I'd like to thank our producer, composer, and audio engineer, Jordan Duffy. She's one of the first female audio engineers in the podcasting world, if not the first. And she also happens to be the best. We're very lucky to have her. She's a powerful lady in her own right, in addition to taking over the podcasting world. She's a singer-songwriter working on her next album, and she's one of my sisters. So it's amazing to be creating this with her, and I'm so thankful that she finds time in her crazy busy schedule to make this happen. It's a testament to her belief in what we're creating through Powerful Ladies, and I'm honored that she shares my vision. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. I can't wait for you to hear it. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.
Hello, everybody. Are you excited? I'm excited. Do you know why I'm excited? Because there is amazing merchandise at the Powerful Ladies store. Go there today, thepowerfulladies.com. Click shop. Buy things for yourself. Be inspired. Buy things for your friends. You can do it.